0: And welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Triton Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Gonzalez. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Triton Athletic Network. Uh, we're grateful to Triton Financial Studios, again, partnering with us uh, as we start our second season here. It's episode number three. Uh, to Mark, our producer, Mariah S.I.D., for getting it all set up. I'm excited for today. Today we have a cool episode. It's kind of an in-house episode, but not really in the sense of we have one of Pacifica Zone, our newest math teacher, Matt Murphy. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. I know. And then Jeff Berkoff, as Hey-o. always. What's up, Jeff? Uh, it's a little, uh, it, it's, it's, I'm excited about this episode because one, I think it's going to help our community get to know one of our new staff staff members. For those of you that are part of Pacific Christian that are listening or watching, you know, we just got back from the all school retreat and me and Matt here, um, had to do one of the, the most disgusting challenges. I think, um, I don't know, dude. it's pretty good. You like that?
1: Yeah. Some fish eyes I, right up my alley. Oh,
0: it was gnarly, but it was fun to get to know Matt more. And I think our listeners, our viewers are going to get a chance to know him now. Um, you know, just as a person, his story, his history, you know, what, what, he, what he's about. So, uh, Matt, for those that don't know you very well, um, I'll talk a little bit about you and then you can fill in the gaps. and kind of where I missed it and I know to jump in, but you're homegrown, right?
1: Yep. Born, born here, Orange County, Lake Forest. Okay. El Toro mm-hmm. is what I understand. Yeah, I so went to high school.
0: Um, I know you played football. Do you play any other sports while you are there?
1: Yeah. So, in, in high school, I did football, wrestled, um, baseball and track as well.
0: All those, like all at one time, like one no, high so year. So baseball
1: or? was my freshman year, and then I quickly moved to track because baseball wasn't, I wasn't cut out. No,
0: it. no so. basketball in there,
1: huh?
2: No, man. Yeah, tell us why. <laughs> I would foul too much. It's just not a very physical <laughs>
1: sport, you know? That's I just, awesome. Uh, I just need some more physicality in my life. Basketball didn't do it. Yeah, I get, I get that. <laughs> I, I fell out too. I'm a soccer
0: player. Um, okay, so then, and you were, you know, let's not be shy about it, a very really highly sought after football recruit played on the offensive line at El Toro. What, yeah. How many offers did you have? And what kind of ultimately led you to your decision? And what was that decision?
1: Right. So out of high school, I had an offer to go to Washington State or Air Force, Nevada, Reno, or UNLV. Okay. Now, those were my choices. Uh, after the visits, really, what drew me to UNLV was the coach. Okay. I mean, that's really what it was. Okay. Coach Mike Sanford there. When I was there, you know, I, to be honest, I went on this visit because it's fun. You know, you want to go on a visit, call it cool deal. Uh, I didn't even know there was a school in Las Vegas until, <laughs> until I started talking to a coach. You but, just thought of like the Strip in Vegas, <laughs> yeah, and right? Else that like, goes with it, you know. And then there's a school right there. Uh, but no, the coach, like the the final thing he said to me is like, you know, if you come here, we'll give you an opportunity to be a, a better player physically. A better person mentally, but also a better person spiritually. So there's oh, definitely that aspect which was really good, and it, and the coaching staff believed in that as well. You oh, know? That's so cool. So there was a, definitely a Christian influence on that team, and
0: At, of all places, UNLV. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not,
1: for sure. Um, and so that that's what drew me there, and I was like, you know, what I think this would be a great place. You know, awesome. and, and I and I like the offense line coach when I met him. They, you know, they they talked about how I could come in and have an opportunity to play early. Okay, and so all those things. So were, we, we were talking
0: talking a little bit before the show. You you. Didn't redshirt, which is almost normally, you know, it's the common thing, right? And, and going to college, football, kids, redshirt. So you didn't redshirt. You played your very first game, first season opener. And you tell them about that story. Who, how, how was that? Who'd you play against? Yeah. How'd so
1: so I was true freshman, got in there, like I think went to camp, uh, you know, it was like three weeks. And then. Our first game, I actually didn't start, but I played, and then the second game versus Wisconsin was my first start. You know, so it was like you know your big money game in the year. So obviously, the smaller schools, they they play the bigger schools so they can get some yeah. money. And and I was I was true freshman, 18 years old, playing against J.J. <laughs> Watt when he was a junior, Russell Wilson, and I was just like, this is crazy, man. Like. Oh, and, I, obviously, J.J. Watt wasn't as big as he was now. <laughs> the steroids. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, popular. Like, I didn't really know. But it's uh, just the big school effect. I was like, shoot, this guy is probably really good. But, no, it was, it was a great game. We, we fought tough. We were winning up until, like, the last minute and a half. And then Russell Wilson booted out and uh, scored a touchdown. It was, it was heartbreaking. Now like, he's uh, at Seattle, and J.J. Yeah, and, and, you know.
0: did his thing. Um, okay, so that, that's a you know, fun little story. Then after, Well, let's talk
1: about the matchup with J.J.
2: Oh, here you go, Josh. I had heard oh. through the grapevine <laughs> that – you kind of took care of some business or
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, as much as I could, like, it's not like I was putting him in the ground, but you know, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, he, we, we got the ball out quick. So there was okay. no sacks in that same right. situation. But And that's a
0: win. That's like a shutout in soccer. No sacks <laughs> is a win for an offensive line. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I would imagine, I'd imagine yep. no sacks. Um, okay. And then, so college there, four years, start play a bunch of accolades. We don't need to get into all that. But then after, college you had a little bit of an NFL stint um a mm-hmm. few teams I know you were talking You think it was maybe last week even about some of your experiences if it was with you know paint man and all that stuff but th- tell me a little bit that like what that looked like how'd that happen um,
1: yeah so uh after my four years at UNLV I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go to the NFL and kind of fill that out I was undrafted picked up by Atlanta was there and then I was quickly traded to the the Colts spent okay. a season and a half there but yeah I mean it was it was kind of surreal as a dream, but it was ultimately like super stressful too yeah. I because mean, like as a free agent you know your 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 job is you know on the line every day so so you're really just trying to make make the most of it and it's at that level everything is you know so refined like at practice, I would literally get maybe two reps so mm. you're just trying to prove prove yourself in two reps and you're like, oh man, I screwed up on one more rep the- <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty high intense. And so it it, it it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I learned a lot from it got to yeah. got to experience at a high level. I mean, and the cool part was, I mean, the amenities were unreal. Yeah. I mean, they take oh, care bet. of you locker room, food, chefs, this and that plane trips. And it was it was really cool. So so in that sense, it, it was it was awesome. It was, it was, you know, everything you would dream of in that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was stressful. So after I was done, with the Colts, I was traded to uh, Cincinnati. Spent preseason there. Was released and then waited around, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I, know? I like imagine. I don't want to go through another training camp in this position. So um, and you got into coaching, right? Yeah, and then I got into coaching. Okay. Yeah. So my the guy Mike Sanford, the guy I played for at UNLV, um, got the head coaching job at Indiana State. Okay. So after I was done, I was still living in Indiana, and I had to finish my degree because okay. <laughs> I I didn't redshirt. So I only, it was only at UNLV for three and a half years. Okay. I took that spring semester off to train, and uh, I called him up, and he gave me a job, paid for my school, and finished uh, finished my degree, and got got into coaching.
0: Okay, and you were there what three years or so, four years? Yeah, about four years at Indiana State. Okay, well, and I know football. It's so grand with positions and everything, but what was kind of your main role there.
1: So uh I, I was always coaching like tight ends and helping out with the offensive line um, but at, at that at that level you know FCS school uh, a lot of the coaches have off field responsibilities so I I was in charge of the team travel for a little bit like okay. you know setting up the hotels and budgeting and and travel um, I also did equipment while I was there and stuff like That's that So like a little bit of everything like Yeah you know, yeah good, yeah but on the field it was mainly offense you know tight ends
0: um. All right, so so sports is a big part of your life, mm-hmm, yeah. and and we'll jump into a little bit kind of about that in a sec. But to go from you know Division one football, NFL career, coaching at the college level to being a math teacher. <laughs> That's not common, you know, like path of travel for many. Tell, tell me where, where that came in, you know, being now the brilliant, you know, algebra, you know, pre-cal, all that yeah, jazz a movie in the making. It yeah, is. Sure, yeah. It's the new blind side. So love that. Love the, that. The Murphy side. <laughs> I don't know. That's cheesy. So, anyways, <laughs> tell me that No what? math
1: teacher. No, I mean, I mean, I think I am a teacher for the same reason why I like sports, you know, at the end of the day like i i'm not going i don't miss the contact of football i don't Mm -hmm. miss running 100s or bench pressing or squatting you miss the camaraderie of it right Mm -hmm. i mean you miss hanging out working towards a goal being relational and and i think um that's one of the reasons why i wanted to be a teacher is because you know i want to interact with people i want to have a relationship and it's a coaching mentoring role Mm. where you're saying hey here's the goal let's work at it let's work together and how do we get you to achieve your full potential whether it's on the field or you know in the classroom and so that Mm -hmm. i mean so I mean I I'm not a math teacher because I love math. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a math teacher because I want to work with people, and I math happens to be the subject I understand the okay. most and feel okay. most confident in. No, it's
0: fair fair answer, and I know we're I know we're excited Pacific Christian. I'm sure whatever school you came from was sad to see you go, um, but you know I think it's hard finding good math teachers and it's hard finding good math teachers that understand student athletes so i think it's like a perfect you know m- match made in heaven if you will there you go um math made in heaven but uh, okay kind of jumping into a little bit what i want to talk about today is and this is really for both of you guys is both of you were you know high caliber recruits played at you know big division one schools jeff at SCSU, and then yourself at unlv um and and i'll go even a step further and i'm sorry if i kind of you know upset some of our listeners out there myself as a girl soccer coach i'm don't take offense to this, but as you guys in this country kind of coming from the most predominant sports, right? When you think of male sports, you think March Madness in college, right? You think the NFL, you think college Super Bowl and, and all of that, like the bowl season. So it's a big deal in this country. How do you, how do you, what do you what's your advice or maybe tell me a about your own journeys? You know, we can go with Jeff and then Matt on as a high schooler, understanding that, dealing with that pressure for those kids that like they want to play at that level like what was that like what is maybe some advice you can give a kid um it's walking oh, in your you shoes
1: oh, you all know, right well matt first and then Jeff, you can yeah <laughs> i mean i think you know growing up I, I i mean i don't think it really matters what sport you play per se but trying to achieve and and, and reach to a high level i think one one of the things that you just got to take it is just one step at a time i mean you're not there's not one thing that's going to make you a college athlete overnight mm-hmm. you know i, I mean and you know, fortunately, a lot of it is genetics as well. I mean, especially in a sport like football, where, you know, the bigger you are, the easier it can be to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I would encourage kids just like don't make that the end goal, you know, set set smaller goals up in, in front and little pieces here. You know, how, how am I going to make myself better tomorrow? Mm. You know, whether that's getting in better shape, whether that's, you know, learning the playbook in football or some you know, application of that in basketball or, or whatever other sport you play. You know, how, how can I, you know, communicate to my teammates better if I'm a leader, you know, setting up smaller goals like that, because those are more attainable. Uh, I think that's just a better way to elevate your game. And then hopefully you, you make all those attainable goals. Maybe at the end result, well, you know, after four years from freshman to senior, mm-hmm. you know, now maybe, maybe you are a caliber, uh, a college caliber player at that point, mm. you know, but I mean, if you, you know, just saying like, I want to be a college, I mean, there's I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you get there. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> right, right away.
0: Yeah, put in the work. Right. Yeah. Your thoughts?
2: That's a great answer. I, I was just thinking: find mentors, people you trust and look up to, and surround yourself with really good people. Hmm. Um, looking back and my experiences, I, I think I, I had some mentors, but I wish I had more. And um, I don't know if that was just maybe me being young and so selfish and wrapped up in what I was doing. I think if you know young kids can focus on others, good things will happen. I mean, s- spending time more time with your coaches, more time with your coaches watching film, picking their brains, um, and not worrying so much about yourself, then really great things will happen. Hmm. Um, I mean, Matt, social media wasn't around then for you? I was just about to much. bring that up, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I can't imagine what these, what these athletes go through now, right? I mean, I just remember me being 18, just wrapped up in me. And I wish I could always go back and focus more on the others. And I thought if that were the case, I I could have been a better basketball player, but more importantly, a better person. Mm. Now with social media, it's really about M E. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's what's so cool having you at our school and our classroom around our kids is that, you know, you did play. Like so you understand if if there's a guy or gal that's all into their TikTok now and maybe you hear it, you can kind of push them in another direction and make it not about themselves. So that's kind of what I was thinking when you asked that question, Brandon. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think you're, you're, that was gonna be my next point in the sense of that it's a different world now Mm. than when we were all being recruited. Like, you know, there wasn't, there were cell phones, but there weren't smartphones. Like you didn't have TikTok and Instagram and, I mean, we were joking earlier. Facebook's for the old folks nowadays, like older than us. But the, you, you don't have that now. These kids are all self-identifying as this, or like they, they're, they're trying to be. Oh well, that high school has player over there has thirty thousand, you know, followers. I only have twenty five. Like it's just like it's such a you know combative world on that the social media platform. I think for all these kids, like it's it's they put too much value in that. To your point, just set those small goals and, and maybe find good mentors along the way. I think is important um, for them. You know, so that that's that's good words there uh, from a from a um, and I want to piggyback off Jeff what you said from a like coaching kind of perspective, you know, Matt, how do kids and, and this is reality too. nobody's going to have the perfect coach. Everybody's going to have a coach at some point in their career that they don't like they don't get along with. They think they're out to get them. You name it. And Matt, I would imagine you playing for as long as you played at such a high level as well. What is some maybe what was one of an adversity story there? You know working with people you don't get along with necessarily And if you had a great coach the whole way then great you know don't, i don't want you to make it up but I, assuming like there are kids like how do you help kids overcome that um, overcome a, a coaching decision that they don't like or you know something in that ballpark that makes sense
1: yeah i mean fortunately for me like most of the coaches i had i, I really enjoyed i respected i mm-hmm. you know i i would i would follow you know um the only adverse coaching situation. Ne- wasn't necessarily because I thought the coach was bad. It's just my senior year in college, we got a new coach, mm. you know. And uh, you know, anytime you have a coaching switch, or just any sort of leadership switch in general, there's there's kind of like a cleaning house aspect. Yeah, you know? we this there's like an old way of doing things, and here's the new way. And so you know, there was kind of that feeling where you know their recruits were a little bit favored in situations, mm. maybe you know, and. and I mean, it didn't affect my playing time, but it affects like just how I felt. Like they, you know, were were they thinking about next year or the year after that? You know, th- this is just a transition, so that kind of stunk. Um, but you know, if for me, like again, it had to come down to you know, fortunately, the offensive line, I play with five other guys, so I mean, we, you know, it just we had to stick together. You mm-hmm. know, we had we had to turn to ourselves like like we got to do our best. Yeah, you know, we, we got to hit our full potential you know we have an idea of what we think is is a good execution of a play you know let's try and hit that as much as we can even if the praise and recognition isn't there from a mm. coach you know mm. so you you know i it's just it just comes down to that intrinsic motivation at that point you mm. know you know are you giving your best only you can know that yeah. you know whether a coach tells you or not mm. um you, you know you got to make that decision and own up to it if you're not try harder you mm. know Give it up figure out, communicate, hey, if this changes I can I can produce better, you know. Gotcha. And just no. kind of be an advocate for yourself. But you know, you the barometer has to be inside of, of where you're at, if you're giving it all, if you can do your best, if your mm. effort's there, if it's not. That's
2: yeah, true. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the barometer has to be
1: inside. That's that's
2: a gem right there, man. Yeah. I played for four different coaches in four years saying, of college basketball. It, so mm-hmm. every year it was a brand new head coach. Mm-hmm. So looking back, I always wish I had like more of a connection with the head coaches, right? And
1: totally, I mean, that's huge.
2: Yeah, but I love that the barometer is on mm-hmm. the inside, right? Hey, we
0: always learn something from these train podcasts. i yeah. to take away
2: something. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on a t shirt.
0: The barometer inside. Mariah, get ready for that one. We're gonna hashtag that um, all over the place. So, Matt, you know, um, playing, you know, we talked about your playing career, talked about um, where you've been, where you've traveled. You know, what kind of brought you back to, to California in a sense? And like and obviously teaching, but like, um, where where do you for all our kids out there who um, <laughs> playing comes to an end someday and and not that, you know, we want that to come sooner rather than later. But like this decision to move into to teaching, you kind of talked about the reasons why. And that's an, an avenue for you to reach out to people and touch people's lives. Now, moving back to California, like what what brought you back here? What is kind of your goals now being at Pacifica in that sense for our Pacifica listeners? Like, what are you going to bring to the classroom that you're hoping, you know, your kids after four years of learning math are going to walk away with?
1: Yeah, I mean, what brought me back to California was family. At okay. the end of the day, my wife's family's from Orange County, so it was And so, so uh, living in Indiana, we were we were kind of just isolated in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a church family, which was great, um, but you know, nothing's the same as your your, your own blood. Yeah, for and sure. so you know, we, we we made the decision. Fortunately, it was able. We were able to to move back here. is is kind of hard going from. a you know, very mid-sized market housing market to California, <laughs> yeah, uh, but fortunately enough, we were able to make that move. Um, and, and so that, I mean, that's why we moved back. I mean, uh, I had taught public school prior to that, and so the private school was. I mean, it was it was, it was an opportunity that I was like, this sounds like a really good fit. for Did you, for you coach
0: me. football at the high school you're at? Yeah, I did. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And so, you know, what I want for my students, you know, like I said, same thing I want for my my kids is is. Uh, whether it's football or my own kids, it's just, I want them to reach their full potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's not, you, you know, it's all the stuff I teach them, something they're going to use in their life. Well, they can, they have the option. Mm-hmm. And the high school isn't going to, everything you learn in high school isn't mandatory that you're going to use it. It's just, these are opportunities you can use in your life. And so part of the things is like, let's take advantage of these opportunities. You know, are you, are you studying? Are you, you know, asking for help? Are you, you know, doing, doing everything you can so that the grade is a reflection of your, your full potential mm. as opposed to just, I'm um, getting by in these classes, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, because the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? Mm. Um, There's another slogan for you, Jeff. Boom. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, like, this is just a habit that we want to train. And so whether you you're, you love math or you don't, you know, yeah. let's just do our best and let's do it together. If you need help, let's let's get, let's get it done. Uh, good stuff.
0: So i mean slogan anything add to that one
2: jeff no one of my favorite all-time teachers was my high school math teacher mm-hmm. he was like an ex-marine vietnam guy big chair, big barrel chest and he would jump out of the uh in vietnam jump out of the whatever copters mm-hmm. and he would always tell us stories and get sidetracked but he <laughs> i just i i loved him i was terrible at math but i loved mm-hmm. him yeah
0: there you go so last last topic in and um it, I don't want to say it's controversial, but it's probably just, you know a, a fun topic to talk about. Probably hot bed. So all our all our high school football athletes out there that are like going to college and excited about it. You know, what are your thoughts now as someone who's played, you know, collegiate football at you know, FBS, Big D one school? You know, what are your thoughts on now how things have changed from being student athletes to now these like stipends being paid to play and now being paid for your likeness? And do you see that trickling even down into the high school world for some of these schools like? modern day and jc and these big name athletes like they're gonna come out of these schools you know i'd love to know your thoughts on it you know we've talked on it over the years on the show but i've never had a chance to play at your level and mm-hmm. and and kind of reach the goals the things you have so yeah i mean what are your thoughts on it is it is it healthy for high schoolers is it healthy for an 18 year old in college to now be like hey come to this bar or strip club and we're paid to be there and woohoo you know UNLV. And don't worry people i'm just throwing out a scenario it's not a real one <laughs> mr murphy has never done that kids um <laughs> but my point is the same what are your thoughts on this whole idea of being paid now
1: yeah i mean uh having coached college football at like a smaller school i mean i kind of get both sides of it you know okay. i mean like I think one of the stressors, uh, just in even in high school and college, is you know if, if I want to move up that ladder, you know I got to go to the best place. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, am I going to? Is my high school the best at this sport that I'm playing in? Well, if it's not, should I transfer? You know, and and I think that the the concept of playing um, paying players can only make that more of an issue yeah. because it's like, you know obviously there's different size schools with different budgets and they can pay differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's, so, so looking at it from a, you know, from a college coach, I was like, well, if they just start paying players, well then all these schools with these huge budgets, it means going can be really hard to recruit against that. Yeah. So like how do we regulate it? So there definitely needs to be a balance. Like personally, I don't, I don't, I don't see an issue with paying players. You know, mm-hmm. there is a lot of time and effort put into this, you mm-hmm. know, and if there's, if there's, money to be made from it then then i don't mind giving the players but you know does that create an extra issue with you know the co- the competitive level within the teams whether yeah. that's high school whether that's you mm-hmm. know college you know like nfl teams yeah there's different budgets but you know no one's going to turn down an nfl money contract yeah yeah you know? right. i mean there, there's still standards there's a minimum there's still regulations yeah. you know and so how it's how it's going to play out? Like I'm sure it's moving that way. There's just going to be a whole lot more regulation. Did, than,
0: did you experience it? It sounds like you've experienced it as a coach. But I Just want to clarify: do you did you experience it? Pretty, you know, evidently. Like, hey, we're uh, Indiana State, which is an FCS school, and the University of Indiana is you know a bigger school, you know, FBS. Like. Were you constantly recruiting kids who were like, "Hey, well, how much can I make going to this school? Or to that school?" Was that a constant like conversation in the household?
1: It was kind of just on the. I was on the verge of that. Like, it, there was no. They they just toyed with the idea of the cost of living okay. payment for students. Yeah,
0: what's the technical term for it? It's a. Uh, I'm not even sure. I haven't been in college for a while. But we we've talked about it. it's like it's like a stipend, but it's, it's a, there's a specific your
1: scully
2: check. No, no, that. No, no. So when
1: I was in college, there was a check for like you know whatever money it would cost you for, to live in the dorm, and if you moved off campus, they would just give you that in a check. Okay. Yeah, we call it our sculli check. Yeah, and so so that was pretty. Standard. No, it's more than that though. But now you like, got that when
0: you're in college. Yeah, sculli check. Yeah, but it's more than that because now like players actually get a monthly stipend, like that's more than that. Like even if you live in the dorms, you would still get like a hundred bucks a month or something like that.
2: Matt, I got like four grand, five grand <laughs> a week playing. What what did you get? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, funny, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's probably serious too yeah. no it was 1990 something uh, there's no
0: you, you were was it san diego state tied with, like the drug cartel out of mexico somehow that like, too but yeah. <laughs> Um, RSID is just shaking her head back there. I'm not. That's true though. Go read. Like that happened like ten years ago. Like they busted a uh, fraternity. No, I New was South long
2: country. gone by then. Okay. Man, so. so just to be sure. clear, he
0: He's Coach free. Mr. Murphy's not at strip clubs, and Coach Berikov <laughs> is not drug cartel. I just want to be clear on that one. Anyway, so finish this topic of so you think there's some validity in it, but the regulating of it could be a nightmare for some
1: schools. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah. And even the NCAA. I mean, it's it's. Recruiting regulations are tough to deal with anyways like you're gonna add another wrinkle to that. I don't know Yeah,
0: I think it's it's interesting to think that you could you know That these players now are getting their education paid for where so many people have student loans and they're struggling to pay those off But I mean the government now is trying to pay it off everybody So that's a whole other topic But essentially there's people that you know work hard pay for schooling or take out student loans And now there's athletes who get it paid for which rightfully they should to your point like they're busting their butt They're working hard and all that I think it is a slippery slope now to try to determine, you know, who gets paid what on top of that. Um, I'm in favor for the likeness thing, Jeff. I think we've talked about a couple episodes ago. I don't know if your thoughts on that, but I do think at the college level, there should be, you know, you should be paid for your likeness. If you're going to UNLV and, you know, Mary Calendars, how about that one for everybody out there at UNLV wants you to come and like be a spokesperson and like you should get paid for that time. That's a normal job that anybody could go do. You just have to be liked more than others my fear is that that's going to trickle down to the high school level and now with TikTok and instagram and you see you name it you see these kids i think that could happen these athletes coming from big schools, especially in orange county and southern california could now get paid for their likeness and and i think that's that creates a big issue i think it really does um you know jeff i don't know if you have any more thoughts
2: as we kind of wrap it up, I mean that's that's a whole another podcast. I think, Brandon.
0: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have that many podcasts. Though. I only have a handful of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of <clears> the <throat> day, it just takes away the purpose of sports too. Kind of. I mean, right? there's there's a large, perv- especially like growing up, you know, like through through elementary playing sports. I mean, you, you just there's so many intangibles you learn as far as work ethic, persevering against adverse adverse situations. You yeah. know, what I mean, like if if you throw in a wrinkle saying you can get paid in high school, I mean, kids are going to get so distracted and just lose out on so much you can learn from sports i know
0: it, it is sad it's it's and, and it's and you don't see the multi-sport athletes as much anymore either you know you were four sports you you did the what tennis right at one point coach and you're basically a water polo guy actually <laughs> <laughs> back let's here. Not go there. uh yeah. look at that hair yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like funny uh all right well matt I, and gonna probably pull this picture up for us i want to know
2: about this picture right here uh,
0: uh i mean you look angry you look just
2: like you, like, That's right, man. You, like you just dominated JJ Watt. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you just, you just went after someone. Tell me about this picture.
1: No, dude, that, yeah. that looks like yeah, yeah. We were walking off the practice field, man. So I was probably like, man, get me out of this heat. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get get my Gatorade back in the locker room.
0: You are just as red as your uniform. That's right, man. <laughs> dude, it do hot. I'm an Irish. Man. What is what is the hot? <laughs> uh, what's the hottest it gets there? For you guys, I, they actually make you practice. Like, is there a limit? Is there like a?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if it. <sighs> It was like 118, like if it, that was like our the heat limit. Man. If it was like, if it got hotter than that, we'd have to like delay practice or figure something out. So, so
0: you kids out there, especially my girl soccer team, you complain that it's like 89 degrees outside. Go talk to Mr. Murphy. He, he will, he will. Say, <laughs> it's the dry heat, you know. They always used to say. It's the dry heat.
1: You know, we take like ice baths and stuff. but Probably felt great.
0: Uh, Well, Matt, you know, I appreciate you coming on our show here. You know, Jeff, always thank you for for co-hosting. This was a lot of fun. I feel like we got to know you a little better. Hopefully our listeners did. You know, please log on to PacificAthletics.org to learn more about our upcoming sports. Uh, Go to Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, to find out more. Like us, subscribe, all that good stuff. So
2: thank you guys. See you next time.